On the way home from uh, the service last night, Marilyn uh, said to me, you know, that song that Courtney and Madison sang would be perfect for your sermon tomorrow. And I thought, well, I couldn't ask, but Grandma and Grandpa could. So I got a text shortly before church expressing how delighted Madison was for the opportunity to sing again. Right, Madison? Well, we love your song, and we love the message, and we're thankful for your willingness to sing again for us. Take a deep breath. I don't know what to say when I look in your eyes. You made the world before I was born. Here I am holding you in my arms tonight. No
Thank you, Courtney and Madison and Grandma and Grandpa. They're beautiful. <clears throat> Godless Grinches try to take Christ out of Christmas. That's the title of an article I read on the iPad this week while drinking my morning cup of coffee. In the article, Todd Starnes noted how school children were banned from singing Christmas carols at a display of nativity sets in North Carolina, how a school nurse's aide in Texas was ordered to take down a poster she had made of Linus saying, For unto you is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And how a 40-year tradition of having fifth graders in Pennsylvania present a Christmas carol was canceled because Tiny Tim had the audacity to say, God bless us, everyone. What's been called... The war on Christmas is nothing new. Bill O'Reilly may have fanned the flames of warfare ten years ago, but the war actually began 2,000 years ago when Herod slaughtered the children of Bethlehem in a failed attempt to take Christ out of Christmas. Obviously, the war continues today. And I seriously doubt it'll be won by simply saying Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays. So how do you keep Christ in Christmas? You do so by having Christ in your heart and by approaching Christmas with a Christ-like attitude. 
An attitude that isn't only to be seen at Christmas, but one that was actually seen in Christ before Christmas, at Christmas, and after Christmas. An attitude that we can incorporate into our lives if we truly understand what Christ did to become our Savior. Paul challenges us to do just that. In Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. An attitude that was in Christ long before Christmas. Have this attitude in yourself which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. We will never understand the mind of Christ, nor be able to reflect it in our lives if we don't understand what Christ gave up in order to come to earth. Most of us are aware that Christ existed before he appeared In the manger of Bethlehem. As John 1.1 so eloquently states, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word John is talking about here. He is the expression of God's nature that we were privileged to see. He is the Logos, the very Word of God. And he was with God from the very beginning. When we read in Genesis, let us make man in our image, it was most likely Jesus to whom God is speaking. And according to John 1.3, all things came into being by him, by the word of God. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Jesus And God the Creator are, in fact, the same God. The mystery of three gods in one, the Trinity, is something we cannot fully understand. But Jesus made it very clear that to see Him was to see the Father. And that He and the Father are one. John then makes it clear that Jesus existed with God and shared the essence of God from the very beginning. And Paul makes it clear that the Christ part of God was willing to let go of the heavenly form of God. Jesus didn't find it necessary to grasp, to cling to the full expression of Godness. It could only be displayed in heavenly glory. He had every right to be displayed in glory. He was God. But he didn't regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. 
He knew who he was. But was secure enough to let his divinity be seen as something less. If we would have the mind of Christ, the attitude of Christ, we too must be willing to be seen as less than we really are. We must be secure enough in the knowledge of who we are that we can willingly give up the glory and honor that we rightfully deserve. And all of us do deserve honor from someone. We all have status. Some have it in the workplace. Some through artistic or athletic accomplishment. Some through craftiness or street smarts or brute strength. In fact, everyone has something and someone they can lord it over. A Christ-like attitude, however, requires that we let go of that which we deserve, as Christ did before coming to earth. If we would keep Christ in Christmas, we must first become like Christ before Christmas so we can then become like Christ at Christmas. Again, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, And being made in the likeness of men. Christ emptied himself at Christmas. And we're not talking about his pocketbook. He divested himself of all rights and privileges as God to take on the form of a bond servant. God himself was willing to become a servant. He was willing to step down from his throne, strip himself of his royal robes, wrap a towel around his waist, and wash feet. That's what Christ did. And to do so, he had to be made in the likeness of men. You know, God, in all his glory, would be unapproachable. If he had come to us enthroned in glory surrounded by the seraphim, crying, Holy, 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 we, like Isaiah, would have responded by crying out, Woe is me! But coming as a baby, born in the most humble of circumstances, he becomes approachable, even embraceable. So God became one of us on Christmas morning. Theologians call it the incarnation, from the Latin for enfleshment. The term itself doesn't appear in Scripture, but it's well expressed in John 1.14, where we read, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among among us. The Almighty God, creator of the universe, became a human embryo and took up residence in the virgin womb of a young woman named Mary. And he did so, so he could be made in the likeness of men. In the incarnation, God took on flesh and lived among us. 
But he never ceased being God. He didn't empty himself of his divine nature. He simply laid aside his personal privileges as God. He became like a king who takes off his robe and dresses as a pauper so he can live with his people as one of them for a time. God took on the form of a man and willingly limited himself. He refused to use his divine nature for his personal benefit. He refused to turn stones into bread when he was hungry, but retained the power to feed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. So Jesus was both fully God and fully man. And if we would keep Christ in Christmas, we too must recognize our dual nature. Now, we are not God, and we never existed in the form of God. But we have been made in the image of God. We have a spiritual nature that's housed in our fleshly body. So we are more than flesh and bone, more than animal. And that is true of every man. But it's also true that the spiritual nature of man has been distorted by sin. And our fallen sinful nature, our fallen spiritual nature, that sinful self has been condemned to eternal banishment from the presence of God. Unless it's redeemed by God Himself. Unless it's reborn into the image of His Son. And unless the Christ who took on flesh in Bethlehem now inhabits our flesh, there really is no Christ in Christmas. He is simply an historical figure who lived 2,000 years ago if he isn't truly alive in us today. And Christ can do that. He can inhabit us because of what he did and where he went after Christmas. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death. On a cross. Christ didn't just become a man. He didn't just become an example for us to follow. He became our Savior. In order to do that, he had to follow the carefully devised plan of God. He had to be obedient to a plan that had been laid down before the foundation of the earth. He had to live a perfect, sinless life as a man. He had to be tempted in every way we are tempted. And then he had to willingly die. He had to offer himself as the spotless Lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice who could take away our sin. In short, God not only had to come to a manger 
he had to go to a cross as well. There could be no Christ in Christmas without the cross. For it was on the cross that Christ finished what he came to do. It was also the cross that released Christ from his earthly form, enabling him to return to heaven. And it's from heaven that he now sends his Holy Spirit to inhabit us, making it possible for the Spirit of Christ to once again become incarnate. Only now, Christ becomes incarnate in Christians. Those who have been united with Christ in the likeness of His death through Christian baptism and cleansed of their sin by trusting in the substitutionary nature of Christ's death on the cross. We keep Christ in Christmas by letting Him live His life through us and by having within ourselves the same attitude that was in Christ Jesus. An attitude that doesn't hang on to personal privileges, but gives them up for the sake of others. An attitude that enables us to see ourselves as less than others and actually become servants. An attitude that leads us to the cross, where we crucify self, So Christ can live in us, allowing us to touch lives today through us as he touched lives while on earth in the body of Jesus. If Christ is to be in Christmas this year, he will be found not in a nativity set, but in the lives of believers those who have been saved by Him and who are willing to be like Him. Those who are willing to have His image stamped deep on their heart. I pray that you and me will stand.